Hmm, that's weird. That's weird. Kind of weary me out. You are a sad, strange little man. It's crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. You should know weird. That's weird, man. It's strange. What's up, campers? Welcome back to episode 84 of Camp Strange. I am your camp counselor, Alex Tobin. And I'm your other camp counselor, David Stokes. And we're back to bring the spooky, wacky, weird, strange, and coronavirus. That's all everybody ever talks about nowadays, so I'm I'm just going to make it the word. It's coronavirus. It's just what our life is now. (laughs) I, I don't know. I mean, as probably you could figure out from these two different audio type files that we're dealing with, David is in Montana right now. And I'm in Los Angeles. Um, David got out of this state while he still could, and he went to big, big sky. Was it a big sky state? Big, big sky country, big baby. Sky state? Oh yeah, it's a big sky country. So he has all the clean air, and I'm just breathing in all the all the virus, apparently. But you know, we're not going to let that stop us. We're doing this via FaceTime. It might be kind of weird because we're recording independently. We're looking at each other through a phone. We're hoping that there's not as much of a lag. But we're going to try everything we can to make this uh, an enjoyable experience during this time you guys are stuck inside. Because this is supposed to be comfort food, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be like we're going on with our days. It's all normal. Nothing's different. We just happen to be inside. So, um, and as you know, before we get into our longer stories, we have to cover the news. And since the news is all about this damn virus, um, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you a little something that might make you a little brighter in the virus, you know, as, uh, 14 elephants get drunk on corn wine and pass out in tea plantation. Okay. Yeah. Why not? I didn't know corn wine was a thing. (laughs) Well, I didn't know either, but, um, in this village in the Yunnan province in southwest china see here's what's going on right now all the animals since there's no people they're all uh they're all like uh coming out and i mean the 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 negative part of this is like the monkeys in china were like running out and like they don't have the tourists there to bring them food did you see that no so I they're like running through this oh they're like running through the streets and like fighting over like scraps which is really sad it's kind of interesting though to show like how much these tourists feed these monkeys even though you're not supposed to do that or the monkeys just steal the food because that's definitely a thing too. Or your sunglasses. But apo- yeah, they love sunglasses. <laughs> All the monkeys are are raiding the Oakley stores. <laughs> oh my god, they look so cool. <laughs> they look so fucking cool right now. Um, but um, apparently, these elephants broke into uh, this. Uh, uh, corn wine field i don't know what it is um it's it's a they got into somewhere of getting to a village getting drunk they got drunk on 30 liters of corn wine um so yeah all these elephants broke in they drank a shit ton of corn wine and then they went to a, a tea garden like nearby and they just all passed out <laughs> and apparently it takes a it takes about 10 liters of alcohol to uh at seven percent to get uh elephants drunk because obviously um you know they're they're larger animals but it said that they they proportionally they have less blood than humans which is kind of interesting that's stretched thin it's it's proportionate it's proportionate but yeah 14 elephants wandered into the village and uh you know got drunk on wine but sorry i have to say this, this little side note kind of interesting um speaking of monkeys running in and stealing a bunch of sunglasses 
I knew somebody that worked for Jurassic World, the the first one of the sequels or whatever. Oh, like the they Lost worked they worked World. on the movie, not the actual park. Yeah, yeah, they worked. Uh, <laughs> no. Well, actually, what I was gonna say is that they worked on the movie, and something happened where it was like bad weather or something like that. So they had to like postpone, and they had security guards guarding like the fake park they built, and they filled out all of the shops with like real things, like um, you know, real alcohol for like the what is it? Uh, not Tommy Bahama, who's uh, cheeseburger and or cheeseburger in paradise? Who's that? Uh, um, yeah, the parrot heads. Fuck. Uh, how am yeah, I yeah, yeah. What's that, that guy's right name? Um, Are you calling him Tommy Bahama? No, that's Fuck. that's the clothing that his fan base typically wears. Yeah. Um. Holy cow. Anyway, yeah. There's like North Face, Jimmy Buffett, like Oakley. They were like Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, like Jimmy Buffett's like Margaritaville and everything. Like there was like real stuff in all of these shops for product placement. They like they like filled out the, the stores because they wanted to have their product placement in the movie. And apparently, while like this hurricane or something was going on. Um, every like a bunch of people broke into the park and stole everything from the gift shops. I've like, never heard of everything. That. You'd think that that would be like yeah, a well-known all the North, thing. I know all the North Face jackets, all the all the glasses, all the alcohol. Everything was taken from the gift shops. And when they finally picked up uh, production again, they had to restock everything. Sorry, just kind of like an That's interesting crazy. side note. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. Yeah. So uh, anyway, but yeah, elephants drunk in a field. I mean, who doesn't love that? That's just fun. Good old family fun. Well, you know, David, you you got something else for us. You know what I love? What? Seventy-seven-year-old uh, men who don't abide by the law. Uh, a seventy-seven-year-old <laughs> man arrested by police for hunting Pokemon amid lockdown. <laughs> oh, he's doing the game. What's he's it playing called? Pokemon um, Go. Pokemon Go. Yeah, he's a a, a man in Spain. A man in Spain, 77-year-old man in Spain decided, you know, fuck this. I need to go get that drowsy. I need to go get that Eevee. And, <laughs> no, uh, it's kind of scary because if you start to get drowsy, you might have to – You might that might be a symptom, right? Yeah. So, yeah. So, <laughs> you don't want the drowsy. No. But, yeah, I mean, there's not, um, there's not much more information about that. That's, that's just what you're going to get. <laughs> He's like, there's a Gengar in the old folks' home. I have to go in there. They're, don't come in here. Please don't come in here. You're going to put a ghost Pokemon oh. in the old folks' home. That's a low blow. <laughs> it's kind of fucked up. Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> Whoopsie daisies. <laughs> Didn't mean for that to happen. Um, but, um, <laughs> well, good on him. Um, hopefully he's not stealing uh, any Oakleys. Get, leave the monkeys something, you know? Yeah. Um, but another thing we got right here is obviously we've been talking about toilet paper. It's the only thing we've been talking about. And of course, since there have been a 213% uh, jump in toilet paper as of March 13th, uh, now coronavirus fuels toilet paper buying spree and California officials implore people not to flush t-shirts and wipes. So there is a interesting thing going on since there is no toilet paper in the store which i can attest to because we do have some at my house but we're getting low and i keep trying to buy some and it's like there's none in the store and i'm like fuck so my roommate chris bought like a shit ton of wipes no pun intended and i have like the cottonelle ones that are, that are like the wet wipes and they says like you can flush these it's plumber approved and then people are like you can't flush those and i'm like well they say you can but then he bought these ones and they're like you can't flush these so now we have a bunch of fucking wet wipes that you can't flush what do you and now what do you, you do just with have them? a garbage what do you do with them <laughs> <And they> just, 
They just have a you hang them out to dry. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's different if like you wipe a baby's ass and then you like put it in the toilet, uh, the diaper, and then you like ball up the diaper and you throw it in the trash can and you take out the trash. But like, when you're you can't walk out of the bathroom with like a bunch of shit covered napkins and be like, go into the kitchen bathroom. And if you don't do that, then you're throwing them in the tiny trash can in your bathroom. And then somebody walks in there and go, what the fuck's in this trash can? So I just haven't been using them because I don't know what to do with them now. You know what you do, right? What? You get one of those big party-sized Powerades. Not the Gatorades, but the Powerades. <laughs> and you just you just stuff them in there. Because that thing's got a, it's got a wide mouth. It's got a wide mouth for sport drinking. And it's easier just to stuff it in. You just stuff it in right there, and you. What you do is I'm interested. Keep talking. You and Chris, you guys, you guys are roommates. You share the same bathroom. You don't. You don't even share the same bathroom, so I don't know. It's not that big. Of a we deal. don't share the same bathroom. But you guys can both go out. You get. You, you get. You, you get your Arctic blast. Chris gets his uh, okay. blue glacier, and so you know which okay. bottle's which. It's clearly labeled. You know your flavor. <laughs> no mix up. It's no mix up. New flavors. It's no mix up. Well, after you shovel, after you shovel the napkins in there, all you have to do is it's little hint, little you know, um, homemade. Uh, if you want to make some kombucha, you just fill it with water to the brim, and then you let it sit for two weeks. Now you got some kombucha. Not make sure kombucha? you kombucha. You got to live by that two week rule, though. If you try to get into that stash early, you're going to be in big trouble. Fun fact, though, we actually are making kombucha right now. We have some in the closet. This is not you should what? you shouldn't add that in after you were just saying that. <laughs> no, 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 we're making regular kombucha. We're trying it. All There's right. no wet wipes involved. Also, we totally glossed over the fact that people are fucking tearing up t-shirts and wiping their asses with those. Well, that's nothing flushing new. them. Have you been to a public park? That's nothing new. <laughs> Does that happen? All the time. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, um, yeah, so they're just cleaning up a bunch of uh, shit out of like they have a picture of what they've cleaned out in like the last week, and it's just like wipes, wipes, wipe, t-shirts, wipes. <laughs> it's fucking awful. It's like that Berg thing that's like they found underneath uh, London or whatever. It's called like a a a Berg ber- a, a shit Berg or something like that. Yeah, what what just was like that? A, uh, a bad Berg. It was like a caked. Yeah, it was like a caked. A giant like iceberg of shit and like toilet paper and wet wipes and tampons and everything else you flushed on the toilet. That was Pretty bad. That was a few episodes, man. That was like twenty episodes ago at least. I mean, they're forming all over. They're only getting stronger at this point. Yeah. But all right, okay, do you have one more news story? I have two more. I should have gone first. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, you uh, the FA was forced to confirm they are not using Wembley Stadium to cook the world's biggest lasagna. <laughs> Who's the FA? Uh, football Association. Oh, soccer. I think I, I'm going to go on a limb and say that's what it is. Um, but so there was and there was a uh, there is a, a viral joke uh, that was about how they were running out of food, and so they came up with this scenario some these drunk guys made up this joke and they made up the scenario that he he basically sent a voice message on whatsapp saying that since they're running out of food they're going to cook the world's largest lasagna on wembley field (laughs) and use the uh the heater on the field to cook the lasagna (laughs) 
And then they were going to have drones lift up pieces of lasagna and deliver them to each home. (laughs) (laughs) That's so cool. And that was like, if you Google it, you could probably find it. It's a funny little sound clip the guy made. He sounds completely serious. Uh, But yeah, so the the actual, they had to confirm that that was just a joke. People kept asking. Thank God. But like, honestly, I'm a little upset now. But like, I wouldn't want to eat that lasagna anyway, because you don't know what it's touched via drone transportation. I trust Wembley. I don't trust the people trying to grab at my lasagna as it flies through the air. <laughs> That's a dangerous game you're playing. You ever get hit in the head by a lasagna going 35 miles per hour? I mean, a you'd piping, hear it coming. A piping hot lasagna hit. <laughs> <laughs> they, they better like create like a little speaker and it's like, and it's like flying through the air just so yeah. you could duck when the lasagna is coming. Exactly. You got duck for that. Uh, you got one more story? I've got one more, but it's got an ad blocker, so I'll just read the headline. Uh, Portland strip clubs oh, forced it. to close, so dancers now do delivery. I got it. I don't know if that means they're delivering go. food. I don't know if that means they're delivering dances. I can't read the goddamn story. Um, because they're goddamn Oregonian. Lasagna. Yeah. Uh, news is free. We already went over this. Free news. Oh, news I can't, should I, always be free. So I can read. I can see past the pop-up saying uh, disable your ad blocker. Maybe if I just disable my ad blocker. Maybe that. No. Pause on this site. Work. Pause on this site. Continue to site. I get mad when I go on websites and they're like, disable your ad blocker. I'm like, you're no, I'm not. It's the same amount of clicks as it is to like go back out of the article, but I just don't do it because it's a principle because news should be free. Ads should be blocked. I don't care. I want everything for free, and I don't want anyone to make money but me. That's how this works. Yeah. So That's how this podcast operates. So apparently they've made their own app called Boober Eats, B-O-O-B-E-R oh, Eats. Oh, no. And it, uh, they deliver food, but they definitely come dressed like strippers. Oh, okay. So it's just food. Cool. Except That's for fun. Uh, except for the the tiny little part where it says delivery rates are generally thirty dollars. Oh, because you know how you yeah. know you use Uber Eats and all of a sudden it's like you're buying a six dollar sandwich and the total is thirty eight dollars. That's kind of the yeah, situation. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, everybody's got to make their money, so I respect the grind. Yeah. No pun intended. Ooh. Um. Also, before we uh, get into these stories, I watched The Hunt last night. Yeah. If anybody's on the fence about that movie, I say go watch it. It's very, very fun. We're not getting paid by The Hunt, but go oh, see it. It's really actually funny and has some action, so some some suspense, some mysteries, some gore, some comedy. It's all it's very fun, and it makes fun of Democrats and Republicans both equally. And I bet, and I think they hit it on the head, a nail on the head for that one. You know, it's. Very, very funny, and uh, yeah, go check it out. Um, And also, even though you guys are stuck in your house, I know you have, you know, certain things you got to wake up for. You got to, you know, you got to do your push-up challenges. You got to do your your live streams. You got to binge 
your shows. And the best way to do that is obviously starting your day off with a nice cup of Spring Heel Jack. Um, I'm pretty sure Spring Heel Jack is still delivering right now. It's via Amazon. Amazon never takes a day off. I know they're saying we only do essentials, but coffee is pretty essential at this point. And, uh, you know, it, it falls in under the food category. So I say go check out springheeljack.coffee. Go get yourself some, uh, you know, some beans, grind them up, water them down, drink them up, and uh, win that push-up contest because uh, Spring Heel Jack only winners drink. You know, uh, we uh, yeah. that, that was one of the items we did bring with us when we fled uh, LA is we brought our Spring Hill Jack with us so we have coffee in the morning. The official drink of uh, City Fleers. Yes. There we go. Put on a shirt. It's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Put on a shirt. Okay, well now let's get into these stories. Now, David, it's obvious that we are in the middle of a worldwide pandemic where social interaction is being limited in order to prevent the spread of a virus. The main form of social distancing we are using is, of course, staying in one's place of residence and avoiding any contact with others on the outside. But David, what if I told you this wasn't the first time people were forced to stay inside and avoid any contact with visitors? What if I told you there was a story of some brave men, women, and children that were forced to stay inside and avoid contact with visitors? Well, not just any visitors. Visitors from another planet oh don't worry we'll get into that as i tell you the story of the kelly hopkinsville encounter back in 1955 in the small town of hopkinsville kentucky two cars packed with four adults and seven children arrived at the hopkinsville police station at roughly 11 p.m on a hot summer night as they pulled as they piled out of the vehicles um, out of breath and with guns in hand, they shouted to the officers, We need help! Which is always the greatest thing to shout when you pull up at a at a police station. I feel like you get everyone's attention real quick. I heard you're supposed to yell fire, not help. Fire. Fire is always a good they one. They got their point across. They're holding guns. Yeah. I always think about that when I'm like walking down the street. I'm like, if, I, if something happens, what are you supposed to yell? Because I hear help. People, have you ever heard somebody yell outside of a house and you're like, uh, just people fucking around? But if you, if it's fire, that affects everybody. You want to go see the fire. So always yell fire, I heard. You want to see uh, the fire, not, a, not you know, deal with thing the fire. To live by. You're not worried about putting the fire out. You just want to see it? Exactly. Oh, okay. You want to see it. Who, who, doesn't, who doesn't love a good fire? Huh? So as the, officers, as the officers ran out to help the civilians, um, what they heard next sent chills down their spines as the gun-toting Hop- Hopkinsvilleites shouted, We've been fighting them for nearly four hours. <laughs> Which is... Um, That's a long time. I'd have to say pretty... Uh, cons- it's, it's concerning. It's concerning if you're a police officer and somebody runs up to you and says, I've been fighting them for four hours? Like, uh, who... What? Get where? That when? Man a Powerade. <laughs> no, not the one in the closet. That's kombucha. Oh yeah. So, once they caught their breath, they <laughs> once they caught their breath, they explained to the police the battle in which they just survived, and it went like this: Glennie Lankford, the woman who was renting the house, was about to sit down to supper around 7 p.m. with her three children, Lonnie. 
Charlton and Mary, two other sons from a previous marriage, Elmer and John Charlie, their two wives, Vera and Aline, Aline's brother, O.P. Baker, and a family friend, Billy Ray, and his wife, June. That sounds like a... uh, Trustworthy crew. You got Billy Ray, you got O.P. Baker, you got Lonnie. Charlton, he's new. I like John Charlie the best though. That is a name. He went by JC, but I'm gonna I'm gonna call him by his good old Christian name. Um, but like I said, this is also 1955, uh, Kentucky. So I feel like this is just how dinners went down. To be like, I got my four kids, my two cousins. I got their kids. I got the mailman. He's cooking <laughs> stew. Um, we got we got stew. He's cooking mailman and. Uh, <laughs> I don't Great know. joke. So, as, as supper, <laughs> fuck off. So, as supper was being placed on the table, Billy Ray took a bucket out to out to the well to go fetch some water. When all of a sudden, light flashed overhead in the sky. Billy Ray would later claim what he saw was a flying saucer emerge from the sky and land behind some trees in the distance. Billy Ray ran inside and told the family about what he had just witnessed. But after taking a look outside for a short while, they went back in for their dinner. You know, just to like, oh, okay, Billy Ray, he saw some lights. He thinks it's a UFO. Let's just like play the game so Billy Ray doesn't feel like he's so stupid. But they didn't see anything, so they're like, okay, let's just go back and eat possum pie. So, um, about finished with the possum pie... All of a sudden, they heard a noise, followed by the dog outside barking, which I feel like is always like the first thing you hear in a horror movie. You're like, oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not going to be good. It's Once always the dog, the dog barking. barking man. And then Game Ke- over. And then little Kenneth goes missing, and then it's all downhill from there. So, um, once there was a dog outside barking, Elmer and Billy Ray went to go investigate, and that's when they first saw the culprits emerging from the trees. So, without any hesitation, they drew their guns and shot at the creature. But as soon as they shot the first bullet, other creatures of the same kind began to emerge from the trees. And these ones, yeah, they apparently seemed bullet-resistant, for when a bullet would strike one, it sounded like shitting a... Oh, my God. Shitting. Shitting a bullet. Ooh. <laughs> like buckshot. <laughs> when, <laughs> so, when a bullet would strike one, it sounded like shooting a tin can or a bucket. So they're just getting bullets ricocheting off them, apparently. So the two men decided to run inside for cover into the house, and the children began taking shelter under the beds. Also, little side note, Vera and Elmer, the couple, were carnival workers, so I feel like they're, I mean, I don't know what carnival ride they're working with. I'm hoping it was like the little BB gun kind of get up, but if not, we all know carnies are resilient people, right? Like, Oh, yeah. They're the ones that should be on the front lines because you're not taking them down with just a little, you know, a little ray gun. It's going to take a lot more. They've seen some shit. They watched the guy lose his arm on the Caterpillar roller coaster ride. They've, they've been there. They've done that. They, they've seen all those big stewies hanging from the prize zones. A, a carny right? will do anything for $5. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> 
even uh, stand on the front lines in an alien battle. So the men stuck their muzzles out the windows and shot at the creatures, but the creatures would just float to the ground and then escape every single time. The men continued to fire at the faces in the trees, though, going through entire boxes of ammunition without any progress. The family estimated that about 12 to 15 creatures were involved and that they all had large eyes, antennas, were about a meter tall, had spindly, useless legs, and human-like hands. Yeah, I mean, that, so, that's not um, fun. I don't know how they knew that their legs were useless, but it. what do you mean it's not fun? It's not fun that sounds like a lot of by fun. a bunch of fucking aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. This is 1955 Kentucky. It's either this or look at the rock. Yeah. And I'm taking alien battle in the front yard. Yeah. You play that game. I so, would look at Dwayne the uh, Rock Johnson Mrs. all day. Lankford, so Mrs. Lankford trying to calm the situation by asserting that the creatures had not tried to harm anyone uh, suggested that they drive to the police station instead of, you know, continuing these, continuing this four hour battle. So once they told the police of what happened, the officers followed them back to the property. The police remained there for about three hours and found shell casings scattered everywhere, bullet holes uh, in the trees, and broken windows, but no creatures. So the police left that night, finding nothing, but decided to check on the family first thing in the morning once everyone got some rest. The two officers who returned in the morning were told by neighbors that the families had panicked. Oh, sorry, had packed up. They probably panicked too, but they packed up and left after reporting that the creatures had returned at about 3.30 in the morning. So they weren't done after that battle. They just went and got some reinforcements. And the neighbors told them that no shots were fired the second time when they showed up at 3.30 in the morning, but the creatures apparently scratched at the house and made, no uh, made noise walking on the roof. Also, apparently, I heard that it was yank it yanked someone's hair. It yeeted their wig off, apparently. not Well, not wig, but, you know, it was, it was trying to wig snatch, apparently, and uh, they so, got the fuck so, out of there real quick. Like. So the hair pull was, the like, really the only... Uh, attack or physical harm yeah i'm guessing because they did have human-like hands so you know that they can grab hair useless <laughs> legs yeah that's the, the one legs, thing we know about these creatures useless legs, legs. A joke they're just they're pathetic <laughs> but, but but um yeah apparently that was like the only real i think they just you know all the the gun toting um Hopskinvilleites just got kind of scared and started shooting. And uh, when they found out these things were bulletproof, it scared him, scared him even more. But these things weren't necessarily attacking, you know, as as the lady who rented the house stated. So I think they just got the fuck out of there the second time. Um, so some theorists, um, that was like the end of that story. But some theorists go on to claim that from the description of the creatures, um, that they might not have been aliens, but instead what, David? What is it always instead of aliens? Uh, a crackhead that got a hold of the wrong stuff. It's not a leprechaun. I mean, a leprechaun in the tree. It yeah. definitely wasn't a leprechaun, right? No. <laughs> no. It was um, a great horned owl, or a bunch of them, apparently, which is actually very similar to the Flatwoods monster, if you remember, because that's what they think the Flatwoods monster was as well. Yeah. 
which was the 10-foot farter and the quickest knife in the West episode, I believe. How the fuck but do you remember that? They also believe... Well, I just remembered... I don't know. I remember the title for some reason, so I like went to go check out the name of the creature because I was like, what creature was the... They also believed it was an owl, but it's got a weird mind like that. I don't get it. But um, they also believed that the eyewitnesses, and this is a big part of it, that the eyewitnesses were heavily intoxicated at the time of the alien attack as well, which... As we all know, you know, can really a little booze can really turn an owl into an alien like 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 that like this and like that and like oh, this and Oh yeah. But I call fooey. I call fooey. I say it was aliens with useless legs because that is what I always believe and I will stand by that till the day I die. It's an so, easy go-to. This story was um <laughs> so this story uh, actually birthed the expression little green men as before this ufo um as before this ufo inhabitants were only referred to as little men surprisingly but uh the eyewitnesses also never mentioned the color of the creatures which is another very interesting thing but the newspapers did saying that the that their uh the aliens were green in color so like the eyewitnesses never said these aliens were green at all but the uh all the newspapers were like oh little green men and then every, all like, every other newspaper ran with that and they're like they saw little green men so it's just kind of like a a hearsay thing that got out of control and that's actually how we got like you know the green alien as opposed to like the gray alien so that's like a lot of movie titles and books were actually based off of little green men which actually came from this story oh wow. so okay. uh they also yeah it's kind of interesting and they also refer to the creatures as uh, not aliens, but goblins or Hopskin, Hop, Hopkinsville goblins, which um, actually ended up being – it all comes full circle, David, to Pokemon. Okay, because you know how much I love goblins. ended up being the inspiration <laughs> – so, this actually ended up being the inspiration for the Pokemon Sableye. Do you know who okay. that is? I do. I do know which one. But that – I think he, Sableye's he's purple. He's like a little purple guy. Yeah. I Googled him. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got, purple, like, a but like eyes. I think they said, yeah, yeah. So he was introduced in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, but they said that that was the inspiration for that creature because like the way he swayed back and forth. I don't know. It was kind of like interesting how they justified it, but they said that that was like one of the inspirations for creating that character. I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. But his legs look so useful. I don't. I just don't believe it. You know. There's some sturdy legs. It's hard to believe. Sturdy, <laughs> so, sturdy legs. So uh, to end this out, the moral of the story is sometimes being outside isn't as great as it seems. Sometimes, just sometimes, a gang of bulletproof green floating goblin aliens are waiting for you. And honestly, who knows what kind of viruses they have. So just stay inside for a little while longer and pray the dog don't start barking outside. So um, that's my story of the Hopkinsville – God, that is a hard fucking word to say. Hopkinsville (laughs) encounter. So um, that's that. That's that's all that she wrote. Yeah. And uh, honestly, I want to to get my hands on one of those. I heard they're easy to catch if you get them on the track. Useless ass legs. You you get them with a grilled cheese on the track. Can't can't resist a plant one of them. We should have invited them to to Kentucky dinner. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What what what, I mean? All right. Give me a breakdown. (laughs) What your what's your what is your perfect Kentucky dinner? Well, I'm gonna have some Hopkinsville goblins there. Possum pie. Mm -hmm. The goblins are bringing the grilled cheese. 
Yeah. We got Stu, who brought the stew. We know that. Mailman, he brought corn chowder. We got... I thought no, no the mailman. Pepper. The mailman was cooking the he, stew. Oh yeah, and stew brought mailman. Yeah, mailman brought stew, and stew brought mailman. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Grand Pepper, he brought all the habaneros, and he's just slicing them up and, and adding them to every dish. And uh, oh, but he keeps touching his fucking face. ruining the night, like Grand Pepper always does. Keeps he keeps touching his. He face. touched his eyes, and now he's out. <laughs> now he's in the front of the house screaming at the goblins. But no. uh, yeah, so that's that sounds like my perfect Kentucky feast. So all right, well I guess I'll start my story here. Um, now Tobin, have you ever done something naughty? No, I know you have. One time well, I put a bunch of Grand Pepper's peppers in in Stew's stew and Mailman satchel. <laughs> all right, well I know you have, but have you ever done something naughty and thought, as long as no one was there to see you, you'd be okay? Uh, definitely. Definitely. I have to say yes on that one. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, if you did something, what what if you did something very very naughty, and you knew there was uh, no one to be a witness, but you forgot the unlikely snitch in the room? And no, I'm not talking about that little eavesdrop Alexa. Oh uh, no, she be she be listening though. I, I tell you, she you, do. You say something even close to that chick's name, and she lights up. She do be doing that. So on May thirteenth. <laughs> Uh, 2015, the police were called to uh, the residence of Martin and Glenna Durham on uh, what was first reported to be a suicide. In the house, they found a uh, in the, in the house they found a house which would normally be very organized. They were known to be very organized people, and uh, but they found the house in a total and extreme disarray. With items thrown about the house and a broken lamp, and you know shit went down. The lamp has been yeeted across the living room. See, there's two. Yeah, there's two things that go down. If if the lamp is broken, something bad went down. But if the lamp shade is on someone's head, something very good went down. It's that's a party. A party. It sounds that's fun. That's a party. Yeah, that's a party. So, that's a party. So Martin uh, Durham was found in the bedroom, dead from five gunshot wounds. Which would not be um, a good case for suicide. Oh, that suicide. sounds like a party. <laughs> yeah. Um, clearly, it's not a suicide <laughs> to anybody that understands Oh, no, things. poor guy shot himself five times. <laughs> uh, so nearby Martin was his injured wife, Glenna. Uh, the authorities noted that Glenna was so still and quiet, they assumed that she was dead as well. Uh, when they realized that she was alive, uh, she was rushed to the hospital with two gunshot wounds to the head, and the police continued to search the home for more evidence. Oh my god, did you say two gunshot wounds to the head and she was still alive? Yeah. Holy shit. So, uh, bullets were found in the bedroom, and uh, or not just in the bedroom, but on the bed itself, and in the living room. And a Ruger pistol was found hidden under a living room chair. A day after Martin's body was found, his adult-aged children were cleaning the house where they came across an envelope that the police had not noticed during their inspection. The letters were signed by Glenna and uh, were addressed to her children, although the letters said nothing about the possibility of her shooting her husband. So they were like suicide notes. I don't want to jump to any... I just don't want to jump to any conclusions right now, but like... The mailman is looking pretty guilty right now. We already know 
Yeah, they it always was him are. and Stu. Most likely, he he brought the letter. He hid it in the house. Mm-hmm. He used the habanero in the library. I get it. I know it's gonna happen. And Colonel Mustard was in the attic. <laughs> So uh, a detective told Glenna that uh, the letters were found and the authorities had some questions about it, obviously. And uh, the police reported the, the police report states that she admitted that they sounded like a suicide letter, but she said she had no reason to kill herself or her husband. Glenna claimed the letters that they found weren't hers and she did not write them. Whoa. She said, I wouldn't shoot my husband. I'd be better off divorcing him and leaving him. She also noted that she missed her husband and wished that the authorities left her for dead. Why? What? What is she looking like now? Well, you know, I... Is she just, I, is she just mad? Who knows? You know, two gunshots to the head could, you know, rattle your brain, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Uh, it's very interesting. <laughs> she's like, uh, she's like, I just don't want to deal with all the questions. I'd rather have the two bullets back. Give me the two bullets. I just hate these questions. In the following months um, after the homicide, police interviewed dozens of people to get some information about the couple's relationship and home life. But there was someone or something they didn't check with first. What could it be? Uh, her emails. E- the Oh, the dog? You said there was a witness, right? There, there was somebody who was around. <gasps> oh, my God. Was it like a parakeet who was like going to say some shit? Well, according to friends and family, the couple was described as private people and Martin was especially cautious of strangers. He was known to keep doors locked and deadbolted at all times, almost paranoid about strangers or maybe he was afraid of someone. But police noted previously that there were no signs of a break in before his killing. The couple would argue, as many do, and uh, friends and family said Glenna would joke about waiting for her husband to die or wanting to kill him to collect his possessions. <laughs> that is my favorite joke to tell at book club. Isn't I can't wait for my husband to commit suicide with five bullets. <laughs> One of their daughters said she would laugh at the comments and was never bothered by them because she never saw it becoming, you know, a reality. Uh, it's in just the like ni- a family joke. You don't get it. In the, in the 1990s, Martin suffered a traumatic brain injury in a car accident and Glenna received government payments for being his caregiver. A detective who uh, wrote in the report interviewed with a distant family member and the dis and they said she indicated he was in pain oh sorry she indicated that he was a pain in the ass to take care of and one of these days she was gonna kill him what the fuck you can't just like keep leaving all these breadcrumbs jesus christ now this might seem like a straight case of a murder suicide and why am i telling you this story on our podcast right well, that is because the story has a very unique eyewitness or winged witness, if you may. <gasps> oh, no, is it the parakeet? The police got a tip from a friend or family member saying that the family's parrot would consistently imitate whatever Martin said and no one else. So the police no. said 
So the police said, fuck it. I've got nothing to do until the big game starts. Let's interview the parrot. (laughs) And uh, much to their surprise, after spending some time with the parrot, it started yelling, don't fucking shoot. I'll I'll do that one again. I'll do that one again. Don't fucking shoot. Don't fucking shoot. Over and over again. No fucking way. Now, the New Wago County prosecutor, Bob Springstead, had to find a legit way to use the parrot's ramblings as evidence in the murder case. Bob said somebody from uh, Peru said that they had a parrot in Peru that, that helped with a case, but that doesn't really give a good reason to use it here. Do you really want to risk potential uh, appeasal issues by punishing the legal limits or pushing the legal limits. So he's basically saying, you know, sure the parrot's saying that, but like, can we really push the the limits of taking this animal's word for of it? witnesses? Like how, yeah. Yeah, like it's it's not like it could be watching fucking crime dramas or something like that and be shouting the same stuff, you know? It's it, there's exactly. no context to it. It's just repeating. We don't know who said it, we don't know when they said it, we don't know, you know, where it came from. So, is this really a, a witness we want to put on the, it's it's more circumstantial evidence than anything like, you know, concrete, but still like I don't know. It's it's pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. So another odd part of this case was the police heard from a psychic who was friends with the couple and told them to look under the couch or love seat, which was where the gun was found. Uh, or they oh, could just fuck. be, maybe they should be looking into the psychic. Uh, Springstead said, yeah, uh, it's amazing how many <laughs> homicide cases that psychics reach out to, to the police on every one. Anyone that's gone without arrest for a period of time, there's always psychics that call in with information, which I thought was really inf- like really interesting. Well, I, I was about to say, I think it's really interesting that they're just like, obviously, I don't agree with probably putting a parrot on the stand, but it's weird how much credence we give to psychics when they're just like, hey, check under here. And they're like, we found something. I'm like, well, that's just the same as like a parrot. You can't just be like a psychic. You can be like, I have a very strong feeling that this person did it. You know what I mean? And I don't think they, they, um, you know, prosecute off of, you know, psychic thinking that a person did it, but still it's very much similar to the parrot situation, but psychics are just way more, um, uh, like allowed, you know, in our society being like, well, you know, they might have information, but a parrot is like, Oh, that's ridiculous. You know, exactly. Kind of interesting. So, A year after the case, uh, from the help of the family's parrot, Glenna was charged with premeditated first-degree murder. So maybe take this as advice to give Polly a cracker so Polly don't throw your ass in the slammer one day. And that's that's my story. (laughs) What happened happened to the bird? You know, that's a good... We know what happened to the bird? From what I uh, can only assume, the bird was given a gun and a badge... And it's full time on the, the police daughter. force. <laughs> That's a cool ass bird. It's I want to see that bird. That both of our uh, both both of our stories kind of surrounded uh, birds, you know, owls and uh, parrots. You know, there you go, man. It's it's that was that's just how it is. Yeah, and this ain't and this ain't even a bird flu pandemic. 
so <laughs> that's nuts. That's fucking wild. I hope that the parrot lived out the rest of its years watching Murder She Wrote. And, I mean, it could uh, still be know, alive. That was only five years ago. Cases. Oh yeah, I don't even know how parrots li- how long parrots live for. I think like twenty, thirty years, something like that. Who knows? I don't know. I think like birds live a long time. I'm not one hundred percent sure. But uh, you looking it up, David? How long does a parakeet live for? I am. Well, for fuck's sakes, what? A kakapo can live up to 95 (laughs) years. (laughs) I don't think that's correct. It's got to be. It says it. (laughs) You said a cockatoo? No, a kakapo. Oh. Kakapo. It's crazy that both those names are fecal matter. It is. A kakapo? Oh, you look at these birds on... Google image and they all look like they're fucking a hundred years old. It's true. They're old. That's an that's an old animal right there, baby. They come from. One hasn't been born in. They come years. from the volcanoes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think that wraps up our stories for today. We hope that you this is listenable. I mean, we're trying something new. David might have to edit some stuff, and uh, but we're trying something. You know, we're trying to keep you guys entertained through this quarantine and being stuck in the house and. Keeping uh, keeping it so you guys think that it's still normal, you know? Which it is. Yeah, we, we've just, got a uh, solid, like, two-and-a-half-second delay on everything talking to each other. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a fun edit. But the good thing is I've got yeah. lots of time. So, yeah, we'll figure it out. Um, and uh, if you guys want any more information, go to campstrange.com. To ch- click all the hyperlinks for the Instagram, Facebook, Twitter stuff. we got a store. You can check that out. If you want to leave us a review... Hopefully not off the quality of this episode, but just over overall content over the last 83. Uh, we hope that you do, and we hope it's positive. Um, if you guys want to send us anything, send it to campstrangepodcast at gmail.com, and we will respond. Um, and, David, what else do we have in the store for these lovely folks? Uh, I've got a brand new, freshly drinking uh large powerade for your wipes <laughs> and we got some water to add to your wipe bucket for to make some kombucha G- gingerade G- gingerade flavor uh, i've got lebron james's toenail clippings he left in a hotel room oh man we got Uncle Fester's light bulb that he shoves in his mouth and he lights it up. No one knows how he does it to this day. It's a real mystery. It's a real mystery. I got a... <laughs> so I've got a... Got a cockatoo cage. <laughs> we have uh, a rock you can... You could write... You could put a smile on it and talk to it from now on. And... uh it's your it's your new friend in your in your home because you're you're not lonely you got a rock you're you're doing good we've got a uh we've got a 13 person video chat room of everybody trying their best impersonation of joe swanson saying hey peter hey peter hey 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 peter that's what we did that about two nights ago. Um, we had about 12, 13 people all shell- shouting, Hey, Peter. Hey, it was bad. Bonnie. It was real good. 
But I think that's it. I think that's all we got today. So uh, we'll stop now so David has less to edit. So uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We love telling you these stories. And before we leave, David, do you have anything uh, to say? Stay inside, wash your hands, and don't touch your fucking face. (laughs) Good advice, David. Thank you so much. Um, And don't forget to stay strange.